Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Suzanne Kearns, Mom and Dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And today I am a Mom 2.0 conference prepper. I even got the new business cards in time, Missy. They're so good. Aren't they cute? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm Missy Stevens, Mom and Dot 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 writer, foster care advocate. And today, victim of the pollen in Austin. By the time this episode airs, it will be gone. But at the oh. moment, it's so, so bad. So if I scream at y'all or whisper. That's because one of my ears is really stopped up. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't hear myself super oh, well. Oh, that's okay. You sound great. Well, good. Thank you. <laughs> we are really happy to have Maria Leonard Olson with us today. She's a mom and dot, 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 litigation attorney, journalist, recovery mentor, and author. She hosts the Becoming Your Best Version podcast and co-hosts the Inside Out radio show on WPFW FM 89.3 in Washington, D.C. Maria graduated from Boston College and the University of Virginia Law School, worked at one of D.C.'s largest law firms, and served in the Clinton administration. She currently serves on the boards of our Recovery Center, Girls Up Advisory Committee, and the Nepal Youth Fund. She's the author of two children's books and two nonfiction books. Her latest book, 50 After 50, Reframing the Next Chapter of Your Life, has been used as a vehicle to help thousands of people across the country reinvigorate their lives. Welcome, Maria. Well, thank you so much for having me on your wonderful podcast. I am a fan and oh. I adore the work you are putting out into the world. Thank you. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. And we're such big fans as well. I think we share a lot of similar mm -hmm. kind of stage of life, but also the things that we are trying to help other women do as well and in reinvigorating our own midlifes. But before we jump into <laughs> that, the bio tells us a little bit about you, but what else can you share about the road you've taken to get where you are today? Well, it's been quite a bumpy road. And my book is 50 After 50 is quite self-revelatory. I felt initially so exposed putting out all the secrets I had kept for decades. Yeah. But what I have learned now at age 58 is that I can turn my life challenges and traumas into a force for good. And the more I share about working through fears and trauma, the more people I help. And therefore, whatever happened to me in my life is forming who I am today and enabling me to help other women, which is my passion. I'm a civil litigator attorney by day. That is how I support my life. I, I don't actually enjoy being a lawyer because I fight with other counsel almost every day. Hmm. And that is not my nature, but I became a lawyer because my immigrant mother said, you can be either a doctor or a lawyer. You choose. <laughs> no. And um, in the Philippines, where my mother is from, those are the most laudable occupations. Yes. So because I fainted when I first saw blood in chemistry class, when I had to prick <laughs> my finger and look at it under a microscope, oh I went goodness. flat out. She decided <laughs> to just push the legal field for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, didn't know what I wanted to do when I got out of college. And so I thought, well, being a lawyer can only open doors for me. And I was lucky enough to go to a top 10 law school, the University of Virginia School of Law which was a fantastic experience. And among my closest friends in the world are three women from UVA Law. Uh, we Zoom every week. Well, we oh. did during the pandemic. Yes. We take a yearly gals trip. And they actually came to meet me in Colorado on a mountaintop the day my ex-husband was getting remarried. Oh. I had a wedding ceremony to myself. Oh. on a mountaintop in Colorado with my three friends who have been with me through many of life's ups and downs. Um, but at the time he got remarried, it, it, it was hurtful to me. Yeah. Um, it was a hit to my ego. It was the 
last nail in the coffin to my realization that my family will never be intact again. Mm. And I, I am a child of a broken home. So I never really wanted to get divorced, but my alcoholism pushed my husband into divorcing me. And I don't blame him for that. I don't blame him. He had to protect his heart. And uh, that's just how our story unfolded. But yeah. as a result of um, my hard fought lessons, I have almost 10 years sober now. That's and amazing. Thank you. And I help other women who are struggling with addictions of all kinds, including exercise addiction, busyness addiction, running from themselves mm. like I used to. I used to be addicted to busyness because I did not want to be introspective. I didn't like me. I didn't like what was inside of me. So I chaired every school event I possibly could. Oh my gosh. And uh, I no longer Does do that. Does this sound familiar, Miss? Yeah, we know these people. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have been moms at home for 16-ish years, give or take, yeah. doing some work here and there, but primarily with all of our eggs in the motherhood basket. And a lot of our listeners are in that place as well, trying to figure out now what's next. I was lucky enough to be an at-home mom for 15 years. I willingly gave up my legal career to have the privilege of doing for my children what I believed no one else could do. And I'm grateful for that experience. And I gave up um, possibly becoming a partner at a large law firm. Mm -hmm. I watched my law school classmates go on to lead federal agencies, to receive political appointments, to become partners and managing partners at major law firms. And while that was a hit to my ego, I felt that I was doing for my children the best possible thing I could do as a mother. And I attacked motherhood like I do a litigation case. <laughs> yeah. I, I read every I, single parenting yes. book I could find. I uh, wrote for Parents Magazine and Parenting Magazine at the time about my mother mothering experience. I was a subscriber to every parent's magazine at the time that I could find and became involved in La Leche League mm -hmm. because I felt strongly about uh, nursing my children as long as I could. I became involved in lots of mother groups because I felt that I did not have a good role model as a mother. So I gave it my all. I went to every single event at my children's schools. I became involved on as many committees, chaired as many events as I could. And um, I don't regret it. I don't regret it. It was an incredible gift to me. And I hope that someday my kids will see it as a gift to them as well. <laughs> Does that mean they currently don't see it that way? Well, they're in their 20s. And yeah. my mom keeps reminding me that I was very egocentric at that time in my life as well. Age appropriate. Mm. Oh, yes, it is. Age it appropriate. Is. I, I mean, our job, I believe, as moms and parents in general is to give our children wings and when they fly to be their cheerleader, we, we go from being their mentors, teachers, to being their advisors, if they ask. And mm -hmm. my kids are in a stage where they don't ask my advice for very much. And I have learned through a 12-step program, Al-Anon, to respect their boundaries and mm -hmm. to give advice only when asked. And that approach has improved my relationship with every person in which I come in contact and yeah. especially my adult children. Yeah. And so they know I'm here. They know I love them unconditionally. My daughter calls me dutifully every weekend. My son, not so much. <laughs> I uh, communicate with him primarily through text and I try not to text him unless he texts me and asks me for something. <laughs> and um, typically uh, these days it's pictures for ads he, he is doing or clips of videos for TikTok or whatever, whatever <laughs> yes. it is. I'm happy to do it. 
Hey, you should start monetizing that. (laughs) Hey, you want this video? Yeah. There's a licensing fee. (laughs) Well, he actually did an ad for Shiseido, a Japanese uh, Mm -hmm. cosmetics um, company. It's on his TikTok. It was last month. And um, because it's an Asian company, I believe they asked him to feature my mother and me on the ad. So there are pictures of me and my mother on this Shiseido 90-second clip on TikTok on the account at Chris. I'm really proud of him. He's got 7.4 million followers on TikTok. What? Holy moly. He got to go to the Super Bowl and the Oscars this year as a social media influencer. What? If you listen to TikTok, look up Chris. He is like like (laughs) Oprah or Cher. Because he goes by one name, and that is Chris. If Are you? Uh, <laughs> if you go on Instagram, it's Chris Olson. But um, yes, he has. <laughs> Missy's a big fan. She wants an autograph. Oh, he's a wonderful, wonderful Dang, I'm looking to make sure I really. This is who I think it is, but he's I a, know who it is. He's a wonderfully creative actor, singer, and dancer, and uh, he graduated from. Berkeley School of Music. And um, I'm a very proud mom. I have to hold myself back because I want to comment on every single thing he posts. And oh. he does not want me to. <laughs> um, I know we're not allowed to like things that my daughter posts. She never hardly oh, yeah. does anything. I know like. exactly who he is. Yeah. Right. Well, oh, I, I think because God. he brings so much joy to yep. people, he's so funny, he's so gifted. I love him dearly. He has uh, four years sober. And um, on his platform, he talks about his sobriety. And I'm, I just feel so much pride, joy, gratitude that he found a better way of living. But I, too, am an LGBTQIA advocate. My show on WPFW in Washington, D.C. Is, is also known as Inside Out LGBT Radio Show. We have a great Facebook page, Inside Out LGBT Radio. I just shared and, some of the um, posts today to my informed parents of Austin group. Oh, <laughs> and and perhaps you will be on my show sometime. Oh, that'd be amazing. Um, I'm doing a show this Monday on violence against trans people because in Washington, D.C. last week, there was a terrible incident on the Metro and a trans woman was harassed and caught it on video and the the video went viral. So my show this Monday is dedicated to increasing safety for LGBT folks and being an advocate and ally when you're on transportation, public transportation or anywhere else and you see an LGBTQ person or an immigrant or anyone being harassed, it often helps just to even stand next to them yeah, just mm-hmm. to 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 pretend you know them, or just to be with them, to look at them, and I just really want to help raise awareness that even if you're not LGBT, or you're not an immigrant, or you're use your white privilege to stand next to someone, yeah, and make them feel not so alone, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, they, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I no. talk a lot. I talk no, a lot. I actually <laughs> want to direct people back. We did an episode, gosh, was it about five episodes ago with Amber Probably. Leventry? Um, and they did a really great breakdown of how to be an ally to trans mm-hmm. kids. So, yes, I, I love that. And uh, yeah, we'll direct people to that show. And then also that episode with Amber in particular yeah. talks about how to be a good ally and things in we, we're in Texas. So we're in the we're in the heart of a lot of the mess. Oh, that's going yes. On I did a show right on on the legislative uh Mm, mess. shenanigans yep. going on it's yes. in texas Cluster. I, didn't, I, okay, I didn't know if we were allowed to use such language oh, yeah. on your show when it comes However, to abbott we're allowed to yeah I, I did have some um texas advocacy people on the show and a professor from ut austin on the show who is trans and um it was a very impactful show. I mean, it's a scary situation in Texas and Florida primarily right now. Well, a lot of places, but yeah. Um, as a mom, I used to pray that my son would not live in a small town or go to school in the South 
and I'm grateful that he chose to go to school in Boston and yes. he now lives in LA. And uh, well, that now just we're going to have to follow him. <laughs> yeah. Thank I you. see him every day on social media. I know exactly. Thank you, Missy. Darling. Oh, Darling. I love him. <laughs> thank you. I love him too. But right now there's a little bit of tension between my son and me and um, he may consciously or unconsciously blame me for the demise of our family because mm. of my drinking problems. So I, I have to live the rest of, I choose to live the rest of my life making amends to my kids for my drinking problem. Mm. But in any event, going back to what your initial question was, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm so verbose, but that's event, how we do things around um, here. We, <laughs> like, we like to take the full circle. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, so I put my all, my entire identity became being a mom to Christopher and Caroline Olson. And I relished it. I loved it. But the dividends are not always immediate or hmm. apparent or sometimes ever, because yeah. we as parents can take neither full blame or credit for how our kids turn out. Yeah. So I went through a lot of self-reflection. I actually went to five rehabs in 2012. And one of the rehabs was um, was for people who had been sexually abused or sexually assaulted over the course of their lifetime. And um, that is part of my story. Mm -hmm. I have spoken at the National March to End Rape Culture. And when I spoke about my experience, I was surrounded by young women who said, I can't believe you said that out loud. And I said, honey, when I was your age, I didn't tell anyone. But right. now I'm at a point in my life where I actually love myself. And what happened to me does not define me anymore. Mm. And so I'm doing what I can to raise awareness that one in five American women will have been sexually assaulted over the course of their lifetime by nationally reported statistics. And those are only the people who have come out and reported. said yes. what happened to them. Yeah. So I would wager that there are many more women whose um, stories include sexual assault of some form or emotional abuse, or physical abuse, whatever it is, know that you're not alone. And mm -hmm. if you want to talk to me one-on-one, -on -one, go to my website and um, reach out because part of my mission for the rest of my life is to help other women not feel so alone and to help them to become who they really are. So one more part of the answer to my to your question yes. is after my kids started pushing me away, which they're supposed to do as teenagers. Oh, yeah, um, I it, that part. yeah I, I, I really it. had a hard time with that part and it probably contributed to my drinking problem. Mm. Um, I, I just felt rudderless and I didn't know who I was anymore. And that's not their fault. That's my fault because I allowed myself to put all my eggs in the motherhood basket. I didn't keep a part for myself. So I would mm -hmm. urge your listeners to keep parts of yourself alive. Yeah. Find what your passions are. Journal about what brings you joy. When I entered a really debilitating depression at that time, during my children's teenage years, I went to therapy and uh, the therapist said, Maria, what brings you joy? And the only thing I could think of was my children. Mm. And, and that's not that's not healthy. I don't think you're alone in that, though. I no. think that and that's actually one of the main reasons we started the podcast is because you do get so invested. And I think you extra invest, especially if you're leaving a career that, you know, is right. a very lucrative, you know, financially rewarding career, you feel like I need to put as much into this as I would have been getting back out there in in the real world in the in the paid workforce. So yes. I think that's a really natural thing. And I do think that is something that we try to encourage a lot of women to do. But I, as you said, you went and talked to a professional and they said, what brings you joy? Missy and I talk a lot about that as far as she had an experience yeah. of going and talking to a therapist and said, what do you like? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I, that's one of the things I love so much about this book, the 50 after 50, because we talk so much about how we don't know what we don't know. 
And it's really overwhelming to be like, oh, well, just go find what you love, do these things and find what you love. But there's yeah. so many just different options in here. And even mm -hmm. the 50 things that you talk about, you give like 10 other options of each of those options. So, you know, especially, you know, some of them involve, you know, really amazing trips <laughs> to find <laughs> yourself, which are not right. financially or, you know, scheduling wise. Right. maybe available to all listeners or all women. Right. Um, so, but you always were really conscious about saying, you don't have to do this. You could also do this locally. Mm -hmm. You could also do mm -hmm. it in this uh, format. Here's another option. So I think it's a really helpful book for people who just don't even know where to start and don't even know that some things are available. And so maybe never even thought to try them or even ask themselves, hey, would I like floating in salt? I don't know. <laughs> like <I've, laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. And so um, I just think it really does a nice job of presenting a ton of things that maybe you didn't even know were things that you should consider. So where, so where did um, the idea of the book come from and, and how did you nail down those 50 experiences? Well, you may have gleaned from my, what I've said so far that I am a classic extrovert and I gain energy from talking to mm. new people and being with people. And so my 40th birthday was a huge gala called All About Maria. It was at, um, <laughs> it fabulous. was 200 people at my best friend from high school's home, which happened to be a former monastery. It was huge. It had a life-size screen of pictures and videos about Maria's life. It had games on the tables with Maria trivia. Oh my gosh. And had a video camera set up for people to make tributes to me for my birthday. Oh my I had costume changes for each decade, which I changed on the hour, starting from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, including my homecoming gown from 1981. Oh my God. Where oh. I was actually homecoming queen for a boys' oh. school. In Maryland, <laughs> I, I still had the tiara and the sash and I wore it. So oh my, my, my 40th birthday was uh, pretty obnoxiously public. And so <laughs> a lot of people asked me as I neared 50, what are you going to do for your 50th birthday? Expecting mm -hmm. there would be a big thing. Well, at age 50, I got divorced, sober oh, from yeah. alcoholism, became an empty nester, got over debilitating depression. And I just wanted to crawl into a hole. Oh. So I did nothing for my 50th birthday. I had no plans. And then a friend suggested, well, Maria, why don't you try 50 new things? And I thought to myself, that is the gift I will give myself for my yes. 50th year. I will try 50 new things to determine how I want to live this next chapter because I did not have a clue. I had never lived alone in my life. My kids at that point were away at school. So people kept asking me for the list when they found out I was doing this. And so uh, a germ of an idea for a book came into my mind. And so I shopped it around to a couple of agents and the, the first agent I talked to said, yes, we will publish this. I'll get you a publisher. And I got a great publisher. So I wrote the book and preparing to do these 50 things, I kept a list on my phone of things that I've always wanted to try, places I've always wanted to visit, things that would stretch my comfort zone. And um, I would add to the list and take away from the list. Mm. And I kept it a very dynamic list. As people gave me ideas, I'd put them on the list. And then I would, I would meditate and decide whether that really felt like a authentic to me or not. And so I came up with this list of 50 things. They range from adventure travel, lifestyle changes, social activities, spiritual endeavors, learning and teaching. And each one of them taught me something about how I wanted to live the next chapter of my life. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, some of the things are things no one else in the world probably would even want to do, like going to live in a remote village in Nepal for two months, using an outhouse and volunteering <laughs> at a school. And it took me, it was eight hours hike from the nearest road 
Like wow. I, I, I bet no one who reads my book will ever do that, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was an exercise in cultivating gratitude for me. Yeah. What I came away with, and, and that was done in the beginning of my 50th year, was that I and every American is supremely blessed to live in this country. Mm. And so I came back from that trip with a, a different mindset. And some of the things that I did in the book that uh, are accessible to anyone are to, for instance, explore the next town over, explore mm -hmm. the next city, a city near you, even walk in your neighborhood. Because yeah. I was in such a rush in the first five decades of my life that I never noticed that a church near my home had a walking labyrinth in the garden hmm. that was so beautiful and no one used it. But I was always driving by, rushing to the next thing. But I don't do that anymore. I go to that walking labyrinth by myself and meditate, do a walking meditation. And I've met more neighbors because I walk more than I ever have before. I slowed down. I took advantage of the things in Washington, D.C. that I had never bothered to visit. Oh, yeah. In, you could probably yeah. spend the rest of your life <laughs> just yes, doing just things in D.C. Little yeah. hidden things. Yeah. And same with your beautiful city of Austin. I was there in December for a wedding and I walked your city and oh, it yes. is beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. And you have that lovely water there. Oh, to yes. walk along the water was so healing to me. And you have these great scooters and bicycles that you can <laughs> rent. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And I adore Austin. I'm coming there again in October for another wedding. Oh, well, you'll have to look us up. Yeah, I'd, I'd love, love to. to look us up. <laughs> you mentioned living your life in a different way. And one of the things we talk about a lot is gratitude. Mm. And we feel like the universe sends us this message over and over again, that yes. gratitude is something we need to do. Do you have a specific daily gratitude practice or do you just incorporate it daily in different ways, depending on where you are and what's going on? Well, as part of the 12 step program, which I am very invested in and practice daily, gratitude is a very important part because that which we focus on becomes magnified. Mm -hmm. And so I choose to focus on all the positive things in my life and not to focus on the negative uh, happenings. And therefore, I keep a daily gratitude list. I journal a lot. And um, my sponsees in AA are asked to send me three things by text every day for which they are grateful. And they mm -hmm. can be the smallest things. They can be the sun is shining. I saw a flower on my walk today to profound things. I rediscovered my faith or I um, saw someone extend kindness to a person today. It doesn't even matter. But when I focus on gratitude via my journaling, via my interactions with other women, via my prayer, my prayer sometimes at the end of the day is thank you, higher power. Thank you for another day on this beautiful earth and a contribution that I was able to make. It, whether it was picking up trash that I see outside when I walk my dog, whether it is smiling at a stranger, doing esteemable acts raises my self-esteem. I do it as much for me as for anyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, that is my gratitude practice. And I think it's wonderful that you encourage your listeners and um, I'm sure the people with whom you come in contact to practice gratitude as a way to elevate their lives. Yes, we hear it time after time. And how many times did it take me hearing it to actually do it, Missy? <laughs> it was like months of it. And then... Well, that's kind of how I think many people operate is yes. we hear things, we know them to be true. We've seen the results in other people's lives. And yet we still dig in our heels and don't yeah. do it for whatever crazy reason. Because it almost have... sounds too easy. It almost sounds too easy. Like if yeah. someone made us like pay $60 a month to go to a class to do it, I think we would do it more. Like, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. just the fact that it's free and easy. We're like, oh, well, right. that can't possibly. That and can't you can do it in the notes work. section of your phone. 
Yeah. Yes. And one thing I would suggest um, to your listeners is to whatever it is that you want to incorporate into your life, get an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be just you, Missy and Suzanne texting one thing a day for which you are grateful. If you can't do it on your own, having another woman and women are so giving in that way, in a way that I think our society has done a disservice to men that they don't tend to emote as well as much as we do to simply say, hey, let's try this for a week. Let's text each other one good thing that happened each day as a way to develop a practice. There are studies that show if you do anything for 45 days, it becomes a practice. Mm -hmm. And for instance, for me right now, exercise doesn't happen unless I'm doing it with another woman. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll walk every day, but a real workout? That requires me (laughs) to be with a friend. I I don't know why. That's just where I am right now. No, I think we do that too, because we're the obligers as far as, Mm -hmm. what's her name again? I always forget her name. Gretchen Rubin. Gretchen Rubin. Yeah, we have obliger tendency. So yeah, we need Mm -hmm. to have an out external source that we're doing it for. I need multiple external sources. I know, <laughs> because I'm oh. also an Enneagram 9, so I'll let you get away with it. I'm a yeah, not a very right, good external right. source. Do I have time to share one more practice? Oh, sure. Yes, yes. absolutely. Oh, okay, this, uh, this I initiated with my significant other of eight years because I felt that in my marriage, we lost sight of what we appreciated about each other. So every day I've asked my significant other, to we each text each other one thing we appreciate about the other person mm-hmm. from the prosaic to the profound. Like I have texted him before. I love how your eyes crinkle when you smile, or I love your bear hugs, or I love that you take the trash out every Monday without fail, without me having to remind you mm-hmm. Two big things. Like I love that you give of yourself willingly to other men in recovery. Uh, It can be anything, but that helps me to keep focusing on what I appreciate about him as Mm -hmm. opposed to, well, we're all perfectly imperfect beings, humans, and no relationship will ever be perfect. But if I focus on what I do like about him as opposed to the annoying little things that crop up, and I'm sure he's annoyed at little things I do too, because (laughs) we're human. If we keep focusing on those beautiful things that we like about each other, that keeps our relationship in a po- on a positive track. And it's really helped us. I love that. I, love I think that. that's a great it's... practice. After 25 years of marriage, I, I mean, we've recently had a discussion that we needed to make some changes in the way we were just approaching our marriage and our time together. Mm-hmm. Like it just becomes really easy to get caught up in the life and the doing the things the kids have to be places and we have stuff to take care of and yeah we have passions for our careers and things we're doing and just last week we were like whoa we need to figure out like we're about to be empty nesters well not about but it's coming sooner than we think Yeah. yeah yeah and it's easy to take each other for granted yeah it's really it's a healthy happy way to approach it Oh, that's a nice little exercise to wrap things up. But actually, yes. before we wrap things up, do you, I, let's see, we saw that you have the Empty Nest Loss or Opportunity Seminar coming up. Are there any other special events or what's the best place for people to follow you and uh, find out about your new book and all the good stuff? Thanks. I have an events page on my website, MariaLeonardOlson.com. And um, the event that you just mentioned what will have been finished by the time this podcast airs. But another event by latebloomerliving.com, which is called Midlife Uprising, is happening May 11th through 13th. It's free. It will feature amazing women in midlife and ideas for reinvigorating your midlife. I will be talking about, uh, so you want to get published in midlife? Here are some ideas. Hey, so I'm like going what we know <laughs> to, to help women who want to start writing as a side gig for magazines or newspapers or want to write a book. So that will be my presentation. I'd also encourage your listeners to go to thirdactquest.com. There's a community I'm involved in called the 333 community. 
on thirdactquest.com. And I lead a group called Writer's Sprint. We meet one monthly and I help give women tips on getting published, on marketing their books, or we just meet to have time to write. I can give writers yeah. prompts or help them on whatever projects they happen to be work, working on or work on my own book if the group just wants to have dedicated time to writing on a monthly basis. So uh, look at my website. If these interest you, we'd love to have you. And um, I'd love to meet some of your listeners. Wonderful. Oh my gosh, Fantastic. you're going to meet us there. I'm going to yeah, just exactly. write that down. Take, were you writing stuff down? I was. I was, I was writing it down because I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, because I can just see me, like, I'll listen to it again when I'm editing it and go like, oh, dang, I forgot about this. So, yeah, I wrote <laughs> it down, so I know it right now. Thank Terrific. you. Terrific. All right. Do you want to kick off the Look, Listen, Learn there, Missy? All oh, right. sure. My so, first? <laughs> well, I think you're going to go first. But for people who have not ever been here before, thank you for listening. And our Look, Listen, Learn is a segment we do every week that is from the profound to the completely ridiculous. It's anything you're looking at, listening to, watching, learning about, reading, whatever it is. It can be a product. It can be a really groundbreaking book, whatever. And we just share that to get to know each other and get to know our um, guests in a slightly different way than from our basic interview. So yes. Suzanne, do you want to kick it off so we don't throw Maria to the wolves right away? <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody knows that I am a real trendsetter. <laughs> I'm, I'm always at the cutting edge of pop culture. Uh, so my look is Friday Night Lights. <laughs> so um, I can't believe it's taken me this long to watch it. It's yes. officially as old as my daughter, uh, which is so funny because they keep on having like their t-shirts. I'll be like, Dylan Panthers, like 2005. I'm like, oh dear. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I never watched it because it has the jiggly camera. Oh, so that's the first, right. yeah, the, and it's especially about bad the first couple episodes. And I was like, I can't watch this. I'm going to throw up. I get really dizzy when they, mm -hmm. they use like the handheld camera. Uh, so I never, ever, ever watched it. My husband has watched the entire series and is rewatching it with me uh, as I go through this. And now it's so funny. I'm addicted to it. He'll try to watch something else. And I'm like, no, let's watch some more Friday Night Lights. And now that we live we're in We're rewatching it with our kids right now. I had no idea that you were watching it right now, but oh we're rewatching it showing it to the kids which at times i'm like oh, oh that's it's a not little appropriate. sexy it's a little it's sexy, a little sexy. Time. Like, no we're not no, don't, don't do that don't be like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a lot of sexy time i'm like ooh. yeah <laughs> which of course the kids are like can we watch friday night lights tonight <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so that's been fun especially now living I, I think it originally was on obviously when we still lived in seattle so texas oh, right. was just this weird place that well it's still a weird place but it was a very unfamiliar place back then um and let's see what am i listening to i'm listening to the high school hamster wheel podcast with betsy jewel which i kind of listen to that one whenever there's a episode that catches my eye and an episode that really caught my eye well it's back from december um had ann Immig on it uh, oh, talking yeah. about positive psychology around parenting and in relation to the college search and yet we did an episode well, i don't even know what number it was back with uh, a, a few months ago with ann who we both love yeah. from our back in our listen to your mother days. And uh, so I thought that was really interesting. And there's tons, I, there's so much great information she lists out there. You just have to listen to the episode. I can't list it all here. <laughs> um, and then I'm learning and listening. All my things are very college themed and they will be for the next year. Sorry, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but College Essay Guy, who is one of my favorite podcasts, has a what's our favorite thing values exercise mm -hmm. for students that they're supposed to do before they actually start the college selection process it helps them get their heads around like what they are really looking for and why they're looking for it in a particular environment everything from like the people they're going to be surrounded by the classes they take the city they want to live in what type of environment they want to be around so I printed it out and have been discussing this with my daughter who has been successfully avoiding doing it for at least two weeks now. <laughs> so we even had for Easter dinner, I was like, wouldn't this be fun if we had grandma and my friend Allison was over. I was like, what if we all did the values exercise over dinner? And she's like, what if we You're don't? Like, no. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm wearing her down. Eventually I'm going to get, I was just thinking that like, I can't imagine handing it to my son and being like, do this. I I just, I want him to, you send it to me. And I'm like, I want him to do this, but yeah, she has looked at it though, because she was joking about it with her boyfriend. She's like, oh yeah, my, my high value is democracy. So like one of them, (laughs) they must have some other stuff on there. So she has seen it. She knew some of the words on the list. Uh She's just not taking it super seriously yet. Yes, I know. That's I got her boyfriend's on my side though. He even wanted to look at my college spreadsheet that I'm working on. So (laughs) so. he's a good one. I don't know. I think he's just humoring me, but whatever, I'll take it. At least one of them is. But yes, so that is my look, listen, learned this week. What about you? All righty. Well, I love that you do this on all your podcasts. It's really fun. I am watching on HBO the show Euphoria. And it is hard to watch. It is hard to watch. It's like watching a train wreck sometimes. (laughs) Yes. But uh, I actually wrote a story about this in Parents Magazine. You can read it on parents.com that uh, I view it as a way to start a dialogue with teenagers in particular about the dangers that are so graphically and realistically, in my opinion, depicted on that HBO TV show. Mm. And um, every teenager in America, I would wager, knows what that show is. And even if they're not allowed to watch it, they're looking at posts from other mm-hmm. kids about that show. Yeah, and sure. if parents don't allow their kids to watch it, they might be watching it in another way, yeah. online or at a friend's house. So oh, no. my daughter's to- watching it. I kind of was pretending she wasn't watching it. And then she was talking about one of the actresses' names. And I was like, oh, I'm guessing you oh. watch Euphoria. She's like, oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. So yeah. we as parents can stick our heads in the sand but I don't advise it. I think it's Mm-mm. a good way to talk about your kids, uh, about what they're thinking. I mean, mm. kids' brains are right. not fully developed until they're in their 20s. And for men, sometimes it's 30, according to brain studies. So they their wow. decision-making capacity is hampered. So don't yeah. you wanna have, don't you wanna give them some um, helpful tips in the off chance that they'll remember what you said? Yes. I would say so. Yeah, so anyway, okay, listening to, I right now, my favorite thing is this tool documentary film called Aloneness to Oneness, and it's on YouTube. It's a spiritual documentary, and I have listened to it three times over the last three days. I just keep it on, on the back, in the background when I'm going through emails or uh, doing other things, cleaning or whatever, because the, the wisdom in this documentary is amazing. Hmm. It, it It is talking about how there is an illusion of separateness between us and our fellow man. It talks about how we should pay more attention to non-material things, that we don't need so many things in our lives, that those are so temporary. And mm-hmm. that stillness is an opportunity to observe what our chaotic minds and what we're focusing on that we maybe don't really want to focus on. So I would recommend this. It's it's only 20 minutes long and yet it contains so much wisdom. And uh, the last thing I would say what I'm reading right now is a book by Ellen Warner called The Second Half. It Mm. is 40 women revealing uh, life after age 40. And this book was recently published in March, 2022. I actually reviewed it for the Washington Post. And it consists of first person essays by women all over the world talking about what they learned in the first half of their lives that they are using as compost for the second half of their lives. Oh, I love that. And you know, I'm a sucker for an anthology. I love that. Yes. Yeah. So I, I would encourage everyone to take a look at this book. It has, it's by a photojournalist, Ellen Warner. So it has arresting photography mm. and she's really captured a wide swath of women from all walks of life. And I'm a big fan of intergenerational learning. There are a couple of women who are over 100 years old oh, in wow. this book. That's yeah. talk about. so cool. Okay. I wrote that one down um, here. 
Yeah, I'm putting that on my list. I know my notebook's getting full. Okay, that, <laughs> I'm adding that to the list right now. All right. Is there, uh, anything else before we kick over to Missy? Uh, nope, that's it for me. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Missy, right. what do you look, listen, learning? Um, well, I am reading Tell Me Everything, The Story of a Private Investigation by Erica Krause. Have either of you read it? Uh, no. No, but I want it's, to. <laughs> yeah, I want to give a little bit of a trigger warning. It is about a sexual assault investigation, uh, a large university, and it's about, she never says it, but it's the University of Colorado at Boulder. Mm. Back in, I want to say, 2002 there was a huge sexual assault scandal. It's about that. But Erica Krauss, the author is, she gets a job as a private investigator, like out, kind of out of nowhere. This attorney hires her to be a private investigator because she just has a face that people tell her things. And that's what drew me to the story first, because people tell me things. I will meet people <laughs> in airports or online at the coffee shop or whatever. And they just tell me stuff. I love it. And, um, <laughs> So that drew me when I heard her explain why she ended up being a private investigator, but the book is really well-written. I mean, it's nonfiction, but it feels like you're reading fiction at times because the story is just wild. It is heartbreaking and hard to read. I put it down every once in a while and read, like I read an entire fiction book in one day just to take a break from this mm -hmm. because it was, it's a lot, it's heavy. And you just think, I can't believe this is happening. And this kind of crap is still happening, mm -hmm. uh, but it's really, really well-written and I do highly recommend it. And then on a lighter note, I watched somebody somewhere on HBO and I really, I cannot even speak about it. I don't think appropriately because by the end, I was just bereft that it was over. It's only seven episodes. There will be a season two, but it's Bridget Everett, who's a comedian. Oh. Okay, I have this was part of my painting listening. Oh, good. Okay. okay. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. gold. She's yes. incredible. And it's the story of somebody who ends up back home in her small Kansas hometown. It's actually, I guess she's in Lawrence, not that small. Um, but Bridget Everett is from Kansas. So it's somewhat autobiographical, not 100%, but it's just this beautiful story of trying to figure out where you fit in back at home again and family. And it's funny and it's sad. And it's wonderful. So yeah. everybody has time to watch seven episodes and you can be bereft with me that it's over and waiting, <laughs> waiting, waiting. So those Love are my it. two this week. I oh, know I'm... that there was a thing I was going to share it as a learn, but it has left my brain. So clearly I didn't learn it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to menopause. It's gone. It's in the pollen somewhere. <laughs> I'm so congested. It's in there. <laughs> we can't remember anything. We told I told you how many times it took me to look for my sunglasses in my purse yesterday. Yes. I'd, yes. I'd go look in my purse and I'd be like, there's a phone in there. And then I'd go in the other room. Oh, wait, no. Are the sunglasses in there? I'd go back. There's my barrette. Okay, bye. And oh, then finally, I keep a list of my yeah. little listen learns. And so I don't forget them. And I, there was something yet just yesterday. I'm like, I have got to share that. Well, I didn't write it down. <laughs> So I don't oh, know what it is. So wow. our next episode, maybe I will have remembered and written uh, it down yeah. on my list. Maybe, maybe not. Well, one thing yeah. I used to tell my teens when they would berate me for not remembering something, they would Ugh. say, mom, I just told you that. Yeah. I would say to them, well, I'm sorry, honey, the files are full. <laughs> yes, I love that was one of my favorite lines. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yes, my kids get on me too, especially my older. He'll be like, we just talked about this. Oh. Well, mm -hmm. friend, I just talked to a lot of people about a lot of things. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll respond to something in French. Like like the French <laughs> word will come out. And I was just like, yeah, I feel like the files are full. And my brain's like, just, nope, we don't need that word anymore. Just get it out. It's done. Oh, that's it. great. I love it. Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, this was so much fun. Uh, seriously, I wish... Okay, I'm, I kind of, it's a teaser for the book, the 50 after 50, because we didn't get into nearly as many of the 50 things as I wanted to talk about. Yeah. But that is just means that y'all have to actually go read You have to go book. read it. Yeah, I think. Um, so that you can get into it. And again, for some of the people who might be like, oh, well, real great. It's going to be all these, you know, things that you can only do if you've got a bunch of money to go do these really extraordinary things. There are options, even for the things that are extraordinary, there are more reasonable, financially feasible options. And then there's just things in the 50 that are things that anybody can do anytime. So Indeed. I love um, that about the book that yeah, it is accessible. 
It's Thank really so accessible. Much. And again, for us, so many of us that just don't even know where to start, if you're just like, yeah, 50 things sound amazing. I can only think of two. Just <laughs> here's a really great way to just just even start brainstorming. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a great one for so many of us. Again, for those of us who can't remember things, <laughs> I can't remember the two things I wanted to do. This is just a nice way a to have I it. One to place. Do. What was yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. You can just put a little sticker in the pages that sound interesting in case your brain can't remember it tomorrow. So, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time and all the cool stuff that you're doing. You're doing so many things in so many cool communities. Yes. You're helping. It's like all our favorite areas, all in one yes. person. The oh, LGBTQ, talk about living the into your ellipses. Oh, yeah. You're covering so many really amazing. Well, when areas. you guys are empty nesters, I have no doubt that you will be doing the same. Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm dreading it and looking forward to it all at the same time. Yep. So, yeah. and But this is a nice inspiration for, yeah, because I keep on thinking I'm turning 50 this year. I was like, oh, I want to do 50 things when I'm 50. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I still have. Well, how about five things? <laughs> yes, I yes. can. I'm going to start breaking them down. And it really, you, you say this in the book a lot as far as like, you know, there's people that, oh gosh who are you talking about i think it was george bush who did something like when he turned 90 oh he like jumped out of the airplane oh, when yes. he turned 90 mm -hmm. or whatever you're like mm -hmm. but i don't know if i'm gonna make it to 90 so i'm gonna do it now and so i think <laughs> so that was a really good kind of like you're right and we talk about this a lot that was something we talked about with zibby owens when she was on too the the death of her best friend in 9 11 mm -hmm. just really struck home that like what am I doing today and is it something that like I want to be doing if if it's today? the last thing like, I'm if doing it's the last thing yeah. that I do yeah um and so not to end on a morbid note but I think it is more of a hopeful <laughs> note as far as like don't wait don't wait there's yeah. no need to wait um so yeah seize the day seize the day <laughs> seize the day as I'm gonna go my next thing I'm gonna do is go clean the shower so I think that maybe <laughs> That's sadly my next to do today. Well, it's just a, one of those things on, you got to do. Yeah, put on a podcast and That's, or put on a TED talk while yes. you're cleaning the shower. That yeah. is true. You can change your life while you're scrubbing the tile. Yes. <laughs> while you're doing life. Yes, yes, exactly. That's such a good reminder. Yep. You're right. You're right. I can take everyday things and turn them into something a little more meaningful and inspiring. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Well, thank well, you. Thank so you for being much. here. It was such a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. And I'll and, look you up when yeah. I go to Austin for yes. the wedding in October. Yes. Dude, we're thank always you. here. <laughs> <laughs> All thanks. right. Thanks so much. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count. <laughs> <laughs>